Welcome back to the Theology of the Buddy podcast, episode 35. In today's podcast, Brooke interviews David Rummelhoff, the founder of Peter's Square, an online marketplace for Catholic makers. The two of them discuss the importance of supporting Catholic businesses, entrepreneurship as a Catholic, the theology of labor, and the community that can be found in the Catholic business world. We hope you enjoy. All right, and welcome to the Theology of the Buddy podcast. Uh, The team has made a uh, pretty interesting decision to allow me to take the reins on this interview. And today's uh, interviewee is uh, someone that's probably you've probably not necessarily picked up on, but has been doing so much in terms of the online Catholic marketplace. I'd like to introduce everybody to David Rummelhoff. Am I pronouncing that right? It's Rummelhoff. Yeah. Rummelhoff. <laughs> Perfect. Yay. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I first was introduced to you when uh, I was looking for a marketplace to uh, to sell some of my artwork, and I stumbled upon Peter Square at a perfect time. And uh, yeah, can we hear a little bit about yourself, how you found, how you decided to start up Peter Square and some of your other projects too, because you have a lot going on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have too many irons in the fire, I think. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm a convert of sorts. I say that because um, I, I came into the church back in Easter 2008, and um, it was right before the Easter vigil that I had a conversation with my grandmother and found out for the very first time, learned that I had been baptized in the Catholic Church. Oh, wow. So it's so, like an, you know, a revert of sorts. Yeah. Um, so grew up evangelical though, <clears throat> and then came to the church in 2008. And, uh, the church has so many rich traditions and very rich intellectual traditions. And, um, a lot of it, a lot of it, I think that kind of gets, uh, overlooked, um, because it doesn't necessarily fit very neatly into the, the nest of theology. Uh, is some of the stuff related to, to how we we relate to each other in the church, and so those principles, those two big principles of, uh, of subsidiarity and solidarity, uh, were things that when I entered the church, I learned of and made me, you know, love the church even more for it. Mm-hmm. And so when when I started Peter Square, it was it was sort of in response to that. It was I wanted to support. I wanted myself to, to purchase from Catholic vendors. Um, I had discovered over time that there were quite a few Catholic vendors, most of them with shops set up on Etsy, creating all, all manner of things, um, uh, religious and not. And, uh, and it occurred to me that, you know, like it, it's, Etsy's not the greatest platform in some ways. And, um, it, there was definitely no organization geared towards Catholics. So what, you know, finding you didn't have like a Catholic community on Etsy that you could just go to like that section. Oh, absolutely. And so in the interest of sort of that, that, that solidarity concept, I thought it would be great to have a marketplace that was just for Catholic vendors and that that would really appeal to customers as well, that they could have a central location to, to find that. So that was sort of the genesis of it. I wanted, I wanted to create that, that space and, and have that, that, that mutual support for each other. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly one of the biggest topics that I wanted to bring up with you was just that um, the ability to support 
Catholic businesses in an environment where Catholics can feel like there's a sense of belonging. There's a, I don't want to say a safety net, but a sense of security. You know, mm-hmm. I think it, it, I think it was within the past year or so there was like a recirculation of either a, a more, a recent issue or an old, older issue where, you know, consecrated hosts were being sold on Etsy. And, uh, right. this was long after I had, you know, joined Peter Square. But I remember even when I was looking at Etsy, there's a lot of blasphemous artwork. Um, mm. there's a, there's a lot of dangerous, yeah, for lack of a better term, a lot of blasphemous and anti-Catholic things being created on there, being sold on there. And I, I really didn't want to give Etsy my business, essentially. Like, you like, you like to think right. they're giving you the ability to have your business, but they're making money off of you too. And if there are people making right. money off of selling, you know, the the body of Christ on there to who knows who to do who knows what that's not good <laughs> no no of course yeah and it's it is it is that that give and take there's there's you have that relationship in, mm-hmm. with you know anyone you do business with um, yeah grocery store or any but yeah if we can if we can step aside if we can sort of skirt doing that then it's yeah it's nice to be able to do that. It's nice to have another option and to mm-hmm. avoid cooperating with, with that contingent <laughs> as mm-hmm. much as possible. Oh, absolutely. You mentioned uh, being able for customers to find that, that market, that, that marketplace essentially to find those other Catholic businesses. You know, our, the market, you know, in most stores that you can visit in real life are often saturated with a lot of, for lack of a better term, kitschy gift items, you know, a lot of reprints of old artwork that maybe are a little bit dated that probably don't appeal to, you know, people that are closer to our age. And Peter Square has kind of made it possible for people to go to that one Catholic, I don't want to say store, but, you know, lots of stores where they can peruse items that are made by people like in the now. They're not being mass produced things. They're things that people are putting their time, talent, and uh, blood, sweat, and tears for some of it to create artwork that uh, artwork or items or or what have you that are different. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, this is why, uh, why Etsy as, as a, as a handmade marketplace, as it really originated, became so popular and, and now is, you know, ubiquitous. People know the name mm-hmm. because, because we all value that. Yeah. We, we all value that the craftsmanship that goes into things mm-hmm. um, we you know, there's a place for mass produced i don't want i don't want stereo speakers that are handmade by someone <laughs> no but 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 when it but when it comes to th- those those very tangible things um that that you want to give as gifts um and those those things that you you want to cherish for a, mm-hmm. a long time um getting those from from people who individuals for whom that's you know that's their craft that's their life They're, they are artisans making something that's great and what i love about it too is you know again that that rich tradition that the church has of supporting artists mm-hmm. um, and I, I use the term broadly here because you know there's there's an art that there's an art involved in in everything that people are hand making you know that mm-hmm. the, um, that craftsmanship but the church has this long tradition of, of being the patron. And we as individual members of the church, by buying from one another, these, we, we act as patrons 
Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we support that, 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 that beauty. And that's, I I think it's such a fantastic thing. I love seeing, seeing people find success in that, Mm -hmm. you know, and for myself, I, I work from home because I'm a, I'm a stay at home parent and I, I get to have my, my craft is, is technical, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not hand making icons or something, but my work that I do with Peter Square, I get to be home and the ability for so many people to do that, to work from home so that they can support their family and be with their family too. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I value that just so much being in that position. I'm going to come back to, uh, to that, uh, in just a moment. There's a big thing in people trying to support local, you know, people want to do, uh, you know, supporting your neighbor, buying from your neighbor, doing all these other things that, uh, basically the whole mentality of like from farm to home, but instead mm-hmm. it's from one Catholic to another Catholic. Um, yeah. and, uh, I think that's really important in terms of how we're able to build that sense of community, you know, not just in, um, <clears throat> where we're going to, uh, mass or, you know, what youth group our kids are going to or what camp our kids are going to, but, um, we're able to support each other too financially in a sense, um, yes. which can be pretty tough as a, as a, as a Catholic, especially a Catholic, somebody with a Catholic business. And I feel that before I found Peter Square, I felt really intimidated to even to put myself out there because, you know, where are they going to go? And, um, that being said, there is something to be discussed with Catholic entrepreneurship as its own kind of adventure. Mm-hmm. Would you say that being a Catholic and a businessman has um, has its own challenges or has presented various different obstacles? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that the challenge. Yeah, okay, so you <laughs> collecting my thoughts here. That idea of wanting to support local and support one another on that level, but more directly. Mm-hmm. That uh, again, it's one of those things where we don't. Even when we're familiar with the idea of subsidiarity, we tend to think of it in terms of administration. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, we have a problem, we go first to our pastor. Not not straight to the bishop and certainly not to not, not to Rome with <laughs> an issue. Um, and but it has a it has a dimension that applies to the just the more mundane things of life. And that is that we are better off. We are helping one another better and it's, not, it's it's solidarity and subsidiarity when we when we go directly to the maker mm-hmm. uh, when we when we go at least more directly to, to someone for that product for for what they can do and we support each other in that way it's really both subsidiarity and solidarity and I think one of the challenges that I've had is um, is maintaining that and that being very central because mm-hmm. it, with Peter Square it's it's not a venture that is that has mass appeal beyond the church. You know, it's it's not it's not something that I anticipate swarms of of non Catholics would come to. There, right. you know, people certainly do who aren't Catholic, but for shopping purposes. But we have sort of an, a, a narrower focus when we're trying when when we are trying to um, support one another and mar- and sort of in a sense market to one another. We've narrowed our, our, our playing field a bit. And that, and that's a challenge always. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That, and that, you know, especially in the application of Peter Square, 
that that's challenging too, because in the sense that we have, we got vendors who are makers who are creating things that aren't strictly religious items, which mm-hmm. is good. But because, because their creations are, are, are items that, that have broader appeal that, that might be marketed to a broader audience. Sometimes we have the challenge of, of getting them to, so let's, uh, I don't want to say commit, but getting them on, on board with, with Peter Square because mm-hmm. of that aspect. They, Cause they, they get this idea that, well, it's, a, it's a smaller marketplace. It's, it is more niche, niche in a sense. I, I, I think all that, all those limiting factors are what make Catholic entrepreneurship a bit harder. Right. At you're, least you're, in my experience. You're always going to be a, well, in the Catholic marketplace, you're going to be appealing to mostly Catholics. And it, it does have, uh, its sense of challenges. Like as a, as a Catholic artist, if I go to, you know, a craft show or something, which I haven't done yet because I'm, I'm a Catholic artist, the chances of me stumbling upon, you know, a bunch of Catholics that are shopping for my particular product is mostly pretty limited unless I'm selling at like a, you know, a church bazaar or a, a church event or something like that. Mm-hmm. You're more tempted to be a, a little bit more reserved in, in what you're showcasing. Because you're going to try and yeah. appeal to the audience or the, what's the word, the uh, the people that are going to be passing through. It can be tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if somebody asks what kind of artwork I do and I say, oh, well, I draw the saints. Most of the time they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you, you are in a visual art and yeah. uh, I mean, like a, a heavily visual art. And Absolutely. Yeah. That's always, that's always something difficult when people are asking for a, a you know, few words to describe it well, mm-hmm. that's never going to give you uh a great idea and but see in your case and, and anyone who's, who's doing such a, a visual thing i think i think the exposure is good even if the sales aren't absolutely because this is one of the things that i think there's a resurgence of of this appreciation uh among the members of the church for the beautiful um it, it kind of got lost um <laughs> Just think about, you know, I'm in Chicago now, uh, yeah. just uh, for today. And I told you this, that, you know, we have some of the most beautiful churches in the country, uh, but we've got, we've got so many that were built in the 50s, 60s, 70s that are uh, less than beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. just, just bad um, architecture. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, people of all sorts, especially here in Chicago, do they, they participate, they, they, they go on these architectural tours visiting these churches. They don't visit the ones that were built in the 50s and 60s that, are, that we think are atrocious. Mm-hmm. They go visit those, those absolutely gorgeous ones. And it's because people are attracted to beauty. And mm-hmm. well, it's because people, people have, as even fallen, we, all of us, we still have a desire for the truth, a desire for beauty, a desire mm-hmm. for what is good for the transcendentals, for what God is himself, right? Yeah. And so every every beautiful thing you create is a participation in the beauty of God. Mm-hmm. It's a participation in God himself. And bringing that to people and having people see that beautiful thing, even if it wasn't the saints, mm-hmm. is, still a, is still a testament to God's goodness mm-hmm. uh, and and to the, import, the importance of... Uh, that he has in your life. And so I, I think spreading that beauty is, I, I don't, I don't like throwing it out there as a, an evangelical tool. Uh, you know, 
it's 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 almost it like it is how, evangelical by its nature. Yeah, it's it's where we find our purpose, right? Like in in giving mm-hmm. glory to God, in you know, in doing that with our work. You know, if if our work yes. doesn't give, you know, or isn't rooted in trying to give glory to God, then it it uh, I don't want to say it's purposeless, but it's very much more worldly centered. And yeah, but by making your craft or making your job or making, you know, even your, your home family life, um, your work that is to give glory to God, then, then that's where it finds its value. It's not even in the price tag or if you right. sell something or not. It's in saying, this is who I am. And this is what I make. But when you look at what I make, I want you to see the creator or I want you to ponder on, you know, mm. that, that love of God, the love of Christ, the love of the church. Yeah, it, it definitely does give us a sense of purpose when, uh, when we do those things and, yeah, yeah. and, and recall it's, truth, goodness, and beauty. And always think about that as kind of the start of a project or, or business mm. or whatnot. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's fortunately, one of those things, one of those challenges that I think a lot of Catholic entrepreneurs have is moral issues mm-hmm. and, uh, and who they, who they give business to, who they participate with. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I've, you know, in my, in this endeavor, that's, that's not really an issue. It's, it's very targeted towards, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's limited to Catholic vendors. Uh, the items themselves can be virtually anything, but so I, I haven't run it up, but I, I see that, especially the, in the, those Catholic groups on Facebook where very often people are doing creative works and they throw out a question about, you know, the morality of, of participating, doing things this way, participating with these people who are doing. And, uh, and that's another challenge. And I, I'm particularly, I'm, I'm keenly aware of that because my, I, I have a, a master's degree in dogmatic theology and I had one of the best moral theologian teachers. Where did you at, go? Um, well, my master's was done uh, online via uh, Holy Apostles College and Seminary in Farmall, okay. Connecticut. I cannot recommend their program highly enough because one of the great benefits of their program and doing distance learning for theology is it isn't a field that is um, greatly benefited, certainly benefited, but not greatly benefited by in-person contact. Mm-hmm. There is you know, I, I feel like my experience was diminished because I had to type everything out, right? right. Because it, all of my conversations with my peers and my teachers were not, not at all. But because it's distance learning, they have managed to recruit so many excellent teachers. I mean, mm. my moral theology teacher was Father Brian Malady, who okay. I'm sure a lot of people would recognize that name. Um, he's on EWTN quite often, Dominican priest, fantastic guy. I'd probably and recognize the face. <laughs> it's very <laughs> But he, but yeah, they just, they have such an excellent faculty um, because the faculty are distance as well. You know, they don't have to be at the college in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'm, yeah, I am keenly aware of, of that, those issues. And I appreciate that, that so many people, I think, of our generation are, are trying, trying to be faithful and, and trying to navigate those, those sometimes, you know, murky waters. Uh, yeah. with some of these issues. Um, yeah, yeah. The very fact that they're that that they're not just dismissing issues and that they're trying to deal with them truly 
rationally um, and be faithful to church gives me hope because that's we make mistakes we got to try and then and people are trying um yeah i think that's one of that's one of those things too i really appreciate about peter square and the community is there's so many people there who are they care about their faith Mm -hmm. and and, you know that's a that i think i don't want to say bolsters you know them it gives them it gives them sort of a motivation you know this community works together they're definitely not just looking to make you know a couple bucks they want to make sure that uh there's a lot of heart in the products that are made on peter square Mm -hmm. you know and a lot of people are you know working really really hard to make sure what they're making and who they're making it for is solid (laughs) you know yeah yeah I'm going to backtrack a little bit. You mentioned that uh, you're able to do a lot of this work from home. And sometimes people with startups of various kinds uh, struggle to find a sense of balance between home life and work life, and uh, often because they are so integrated and revolve around each other. Um, Do you have any advice for people that are struggling to find that happy medium, or uh, perhaps they're afraid to take the leap, leap of entrepreneurship because it would be done from home and because of the marketplace? Um, I have found that very much depends on on the task. So there are particular tasks, you know, within, within what I'm doing, there are particular tasks that I can, I can tackle or give my attention to while my attention is divided. Uh, so in the presence of multiple children, (laughs) there are other tasks that are, you know, they, they just require too much focus that I really shouldn't have my my attention divided and when i make the mistake of attempting to do that attempting to to tackle a task with uh the kids awake and around and busy uh and interrupting that it it generates too much frustration and that's that's where i think there is they are intertwined right that that when you when you do this that you're you they're very much integrated your home life and the work but a lot of creating the balance comes down to the manner in which you segregate them. I'm sure for some people and with some jobs, they, you can do it more than others. You can, you rarely have those tasks that you can't be interrupted in. But ultimately, I think that's, that's where, that's where I found a, a peaceful place. I'll do a lot of my work after the kids go to bed or I'll yeah. do it while they're at school. Mm-hmm. And the other side to that is you, I've made the mistake at times of, of getting too wrapped up in something. And then in the evening when the kids are down, I, I think, and I, I kind of wasted that time. Like, yeah. I, even if I got something accomplished with my work, I would have, that would have been better spent with the kids. That would have been mm-hmm. better spent being more attentive to them. Yeah, and so <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that balance is. Yeah. Yeah. That balance is tough, but, um, you know, it, it requires some, ultimately, I think it requires some discipline to figure out and to commit to doing that. You know, you have to find what, what's, what works, but I think it can work for virtually anybody. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of benefits to, to being at home doing the work and Mm -hmm. a lot of time that you aren't spending in a car commuting or something. So I encourage people to try it. You, it's one of the nice things. You try these things out and 
generally don't have to invest a ton of money or anything. You, you know, if you want to try something, you can try it and let it grow organically. To, you know, if, I think it's foolish to, it's not foolish to jump, dive right in, but it's foolish to sort of overextend yourself to think, mm-hmm. oh, if I'm going to make this work, I need to, I need to just make this my all for, for right now. You know, that, you know, our priorities have to be the home life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's a there's an excellent quote from C.S. Lewis. It's way too long that I would never even remember it, but some of some, some of us may have heard it. It came from a letter he wrote to a mother, and he he uh, he was responding to her letter and said, "You know, your work, what you do as a housewife, and so this is just stay at home parent, right? What you do mm-hmm. as a stay at home parent is ultimately the reason for all other jobs. You know that that home life that that's the that's the core, and if if it wasn't for that." There would be no purpose in in manufacturing trains or farming. It's <laughs> the whole spectrum. So that that home life needs to remain central, and you got to see what you're doing. Going back to what you said about uh, purpose, if you want to do this, it needs to be ordered ultimately toward the good of your family. Mm-hmm. You and can the, do that if you can be comfortable with that. Then do it. Mm-hmm. And the kids do definitely uh, pick up on that, and there are. Uh, for lack of a cheesiness, there are seasons in life that come in the family that also come with the businesses. Um, we have two kids. Um, our youngest is 15 months and our oldest is, she's, she's just, she turned four this past summer. So it's busy. <laughs> you know, I can't yeah. just put, uh, one, when it was just, uh, when it was just Evie, I could just, put her down for a nap and then I could do all my work kind of in the middle um, or during her naps. And there was only one kid to worry about for lack of a better word. Um, but now there are two, <laughs> there are two yeah. schedules. There are, you know, there are different needs for each kid. Um, and it definitely can be a bit of a struggle to balance everything. And the hardest thing is sometimes knowing when um, visual litany has to take a step back um, mm-hmm. you know, if it, is it really worth me working on this piece for an hour to get just a little bit done? Um, or is it really worth me pulling my hair out to try and get a product shipped off as fast as possible? And, you know, just throw on TV for the kids for, I don't know, yeah, a while. <laughs> and, and sometimes yeah. that does happen. Sometimes we need the break. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, if your business is hurting your family or if where you're working is hurting you and makes you um, incapable of giving your all to your family, it's time to reevaluate. The kids notice that and the kids will see that as they grow up. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they might not see it now, but they will see it later when they're 20 years old and they realize, wow, uh, my parents did, you know, all this business stuff and took care of us. And also I remember watching them, you know, create all these pieces, whether it's, um, I don't know, jewelry or rosaries. There's so many rosary makers and it's just phenomenal what some people have been able to do and create um, mm-hmm. in addition to balancing their, their family life or making it part of their family life. Um, yeah. I think there is something about keeping, you know, families closer to home that is so much more natural than everybody leaving. Um, right. Yeah. I, I, I want to say it's kind of a Benedictine option type of 
revival that seems to be coming back. You know, a lot of Catholics wish they could be keeping things home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, even from, you know, growing their own food to, um, you know, even, even livestock. I've seen a lot yeah. more people, <laughs> you know, become more interested in doing that just so they could focus on the family again. And maybe it's just something that's kind of changed because of society in general that uh, people are leaving home more. And that isn't always necessarily a bad thing. And it definitely can be a mandatory thing if, you you know, you got to put food Mm. on the table or whatnot. But uh, there is something to be said about uh, home businesses, especially as Catholics. (laughs) Yeah, you know, there is an excellent prayer. I should have memorized it by now but I haven't. Uh, I think it was written by St. Pius XII. At least that's who it's attributed to. And it's a prayer to St. Joseph. And it's, uh, it's about, the prayer is really, you know, asking, how do I put it? It's about laboring. That's what it's about. And, and it's about, it's about the dignity of labor, the need for it, and the, the value in it. And I, I, being a stay-at-home dad and having the kids there and working, one of the things that, that I might struggle with at times is the, just the idea that, you know, are the kids, it's not always about their impression, but it, their impressions matter. Are they, are they seeing me and thinking he's, he's ignoring us, he's neglecting us, you know, though they might not put it in those words. Is that sort of the, the impression, the feeling they're getting? I don't want them to walk away with that. Even if it's not accurate, you know, even if it's not, there's a balance, especially with young children, with the rational and the emotional. They're far less rational, far more emotional. And we have to communicate with people, you know, where they're at. And with kids, you know, that, that, that is simply more emotional. And so I don't want them to walk away with that. What I hope that they see most of the time, and I think this is one of the great potentials about home businesses is that they see the labor they see that effort because so many so many kids mom goes off to work or dad goes off to work or they both go off to work and they don't see what work is they might see they'll see yeah the the work that went into preparing a meal and that's good for what it is they'll see all they'll see the work that goes into cleaning and maintaining a house that's good for what it is what they don't see all the many, many hours that have to go in to other work, even if it's just, just for a paycheck, if you want to put it that way, because that, that paycheck is going to feed them. It's going to buy the materials to fix the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that is very much lost in a, in a more modern society where parents are gone all the time, but the kids are gone all the time. And so having that home business, even if it's just, a very minor side hustle that I think has tremendous potential, so much value for the children to see that. And they can get involved in it too. You know, and that for myself, my dad did construction when I was growing up. So that wasn't in home, but I went to the job site. My brothers, we worked with him. And if you can do that with your kids too, great. But if you can't having a home business, no matter how small for them to see that labor, to see the work that goes into it, I think it's just tremendously important. Mm-hmm. Even if it's something as, um, I don't say simple or basic, because it's definitely uh, its own fair share of work. 
we live we live in the country, so we were fortunate enough enough when we moved from um, Kitchener, Ontario, to move into a uh, a, a smaller home. Well, not a smaller home, but a, a smaller town where both our families, well, my family, my mom and dad both grew up and uh, my mm-hmm. husband's family lives now. But we were able to finally build the garden of our, uh, I don't want to say dreams because it's so <laughs> much work. <laughs> um, because we felt it was important that uh, we had that example for our kids to see what it was like to grow your own food and actually work. Yeah. And it hasn't really, I haven't done that much because I was, you know, I was pregnant, had a baby, you know, kind of busy. Um, but, uh, for Evie to be able to go outside and watch my husband and my father-in-law work on the garden so we could go from backyard to plate, you know, mm-hmm. they see that. And I really hope they see, uh, such an importance to that. My mom and dad and, uh, my husband's dad all grew up on farms. So yeah. dads and moms were all basically at home. That was where you, they worked. And a lot of our generation doesn't really see that that often anymore. It's become so normal for parents to either not be home or only one be home, which is, which is fine. Um, but there is something to be said about that traditional lifestyle that, uh, I think we're all kind of missing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think that that home garden thing is, is excellent too. I, I've been wishing for years. That I to do even a very small, even if it was just tomatoes. I mean, I've got yeah, yeah. nothing at the moment, and it's been bothering me for a long time. Um, but yeah, um, for for them to witness, for kids to witness, you know, just a brief tangent here. Um, you know, I I just had this conversation with with my two oldest, where I talked to them. They had both lied, and it was it was very disappointing. Yeah. Um, and I had this long conversation with them about it. And in that conversation, uh, one of the things <clears throat> that I wanted to get to and highlighted for them was that the severity of the punishment that their mom and I handed down was for their good. And it was because, you know, what's our, what's our, what's the reason for our existence? To know and love God, right? Mm-hmm. Be with him forever the next. And, so that means that my job as your parent is to work to make you a person who loves God and will be with him in the next life. That, that, that aim, that reason for my existence, I work for that. That's my job with, with mom is to, mm-hmm. is to help her become that. And our job together is to make the children become like that. And so having that, having these examples for the children, they need to be around it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's where they soak it up. They soak it up by by what they witness, mm-hmm. um, and so just something like the tomato garden, you know, they to see the the work that goes into that, and to realize, you know, food doesn't magically appear at the grocery store to be purchased. There's no. labor behind all of that too, and and my my mind's just sort of reeling. There's so many layers to it. just understanding what so many people often miss like the, the dignity in in labor is, you know. We don't, we often don't value those, those people who are on farms, massive farms, picking fruit and vegetables for us and understand that, that all this labor has dignity. Mm-hmm. There's so much, there's so much that we have to, I don't know, 
reclaim. Fight against in, in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it. And uh, yeah, people are, like you said, our modern society, we're, we've become very uh, unacquainted with so much of life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sort of behind a curtain. Mm-hmm. You know, what goes on in a farm behind a curtain? All, all those, all that, all that work and so much presented to our kids that, uh, how do I put it? It's not bad. It's just, you know, I, I had in mind. <laughs> well, it's, you know, those, those ideas like, oh, yeah, you need to graduate high school and go to college. Um, and well, no, I mean, you need to continue your education. You need to always, when you're 50, you should be continuing your education. But oh, yeah. but whether college or a trade, mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's again, that value in labor. And I, that's where I I love that prayer that I can't read to you right now, that <laughs> one from uh, the prayer of St. Joseph, is that it's such a reminder when I pray. It's a, it properly orients me towards, you know, that this is life mm-hmm. for now. Before before we pass, life is labor. Mm-hmm. That isn't a bad thing. That's that's just the nature of it. And it, if we if it's ordered towards the right end, it's glorifying to God. It's good. Mm-hmm. We should we should love that and be thankful for the labor. So there is a you know a desire for us to kind of return to that sense of community. And I think Peter Square and what you're doing and talking about really reflects that. You know, we want to have kids able to see work. We want uh, vendors and makers to be able to do work that they feel is good work. And at the end of the day, they can let out that sigh of relief and feel like they've done something good in addition to their side hustle or their job or whatnot. My family is kind of going through a period where my husband works from home two days of the week. And uh, he drives in to uh, where he had been working before we moved. He drives in an hour and a half, roughly, you know, there and an hour and a half back. And uh, our daughter, who's four, is just starting to realize that, you know, daddy is out of the house more often or for longer periods of time on certain days of the week. And it's amazing how they pick up on that. And I think it is something that people are starting to notice, too, that... uh the kids notice that, and um, it's important for them to see what we do, see how we work, and whatnot. Um, yeah, very much. Do you feel that there is a difference between the Catholic marketplaces between Canada and the U.S. by any chance? It's kind of a, it's kind of a, a, a random question, but I do think that there there's a difference even in terms of you know how the church functions in both and the Catholic population in both. I, Nobody really cares about Canada. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm familiar enough okay. to, to really know. Yeah, yeah. I've 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 always wondered because most of the purchases that come into me are all in the U.S., which has made uh, being a Catholic vendor a little bit more challenging because <laughs> there is mm-hmm. additional costs with uh, with shipping and whatnot. Yeah, you know, because. Uh, you know, when you have like a $5 item and it's like, well, you're going to have to pay like $8 to get it there. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I hope I'm still worth yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That, that's a, that's a challenge. Um, there's only so many international vendors uh, yeah. on Peter Square right now. And there's 
so many challenges that, that come up for them. And I have, it's, it's difficult for me to prioritize what I do because I, I value them. Some are more challenging than others. For example, uh, there's a, a vendor who makes candles, these mm-hmm. wax candles, mm-hmm. and he is in the Ukraine. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's, he's got a pretty active store and, uh, but because he's in Ukraine, he, he can't connect to Stripe. Mm. Stripe doesn't operate in his country. So I, I did make some special accommodations for him. It's, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of weird things that come up. Uh, you know, fortunately for him, he, he can mark up his candles because, because of where he lives, you know, mm-hmm. so he, he's still making uh, a, a decent amount because of exchange rates and stuff. So it's, it's good for mm-hmm. him despite shipping. Mm-hmm. That'd be, that would be interesting to, to sell products overseas or to be a vendor yeah. even, even there. I'm, I'm going to be doing an interview, hopefully within the next month for, for another artist that, uh, I want to say she's American, but I'm not, I'm not certain. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but she lives in Poland. She says she's not Polish, but she lives in Poland. Hmm. And, uh, I'd be interested to see how as, as a business person that makes Catholic artwork runs it in Poland, which has a, an mm-hmm. incredibly high population of Catholics, yeah. um, you know, compared to, compared to even the U S or Canada. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all things that I never really considered when I, when I started businesses of, uh, how being a Catholic really does impact your business, yeah. how you run it and how it functions and, and whatnot. One more question here before uh, we wrap things up is where, where do you want to go with Peter Square and what do you hope will come of it within the next, let's say, let's say 10 years. Hmm. Short timeline there. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there's no right or wrong answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like my attention has been so divided, not by family, but by you know, legal affairs and, and whatnot over the past few years that um, I, I, I wasn't giving as much attention to development and promotion uh, for Peter Square as I wanted to. And, and so right now answering the question, I think, you know, I wish I had a, a more certain, well thought out vision for the next 10 years. But what I, what I know with certainty is that I, I want to see it grow. That's, that's, that's really a given, but I want to see it grow in terms of, uh, in terms of the number of vendors mm-hmm. and, in, and the number of, of, uh, customers. But I want to see the community grow too. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that some of the stuff that I've got planned for this, this coming year, this coming months, uh, will really provide a good footing for that to build with, build upon what we already have with the community and, and make it even better, uh, mm-hmm. so that people can come together more easily in that, in the community that we have to, to find help and assistance and encouragement. Mm-hmm. Facebook groups are, really like the only benefit there is that Facebook is ubiquitous, that everyone sort of has, has a place there already, but uh, it isn't the most conducive to a lot of conversations that I, I think people want to have. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm hoping I'm hoping to see that to that change. And there's there's technical things that I, I don't think everyone wants to hear about tech. You know, that's 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 you know where my mind goes to. But um, I I want to see te- I want to see not just ten years from now, but just a few years from now. I think Peter Square can and should be uh, a pretty household name among Catholics. We, I've got no problem with people, certainly no problem with people buying from large Catholic stores mm-hmm. for for various items, um, and and those are those are again very often run by good Catholic people, yep, wavering to get, but but there's I feel there's still so much out there and so many Catholic vendors who still are just discovering Peter Square. Um, mm-hmm. it had, it's, it's every week there's people who you know just discovering this and so happy we just I discovered this. And I want those discoveries to stop because I want them to have already happened. You know, right. I, I, that's, that's where I'd like to see us in a few years and, uh, and 10 years from now, just, uh, a smooth running machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there is a lot of help in the community, in the Peter Square community. I wish I was a bit more active in it, but family, family first, always. Yeah. Uh, everybody remember that family first, but a lot of people have found a lot of help and support within the, right. within the vendor community. There are a lot of people that already had pre-existing stores and pre-existing shops and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, that did join into Peter Square, which was just it's just so cool because <laughs> I didn't know a lot of those. I didn't know about a lot of those types of vendors or um, existed or services that people provided or whatnot. So it's, it's been a really great place to just connect with other people that are also in the same place as you um, that are, yeah. you know, just starting out. And then those that have been around for a little bit while, for a little while longer are also able to, uh, to support you and give you advice and, uh, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've actually, I mean, I've, I've, I've made friends mm-hmm. via Peter Square and I, I, it's very valuable. Um, there's a uh, shout out of sorts, Catholic t-shirt club. Um, I love Catholic t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> they, the, the, the guy who's at the head of that, Andy, uh, he started a shop on Peter Square and uh, I discovered that it, it was a t-shirt business. It wasn't a t-shirt club. And, I discovered that he was starting a t-shirt club. And when I discovered that, I checked them out and I said, you know, I, I think I can help you. And I, and I ended up building their site and, and, and doing their whole backend and stuff. And he, great guy, uh, is now what? I think four kids, maybe. He's yeah. At. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. There, so that, that was nice. Um, one of the vendors that, uh, that I recruited early on was, uh, Ellison Kenyon, who mm-hmm. makes rosaries. Yeah. Um, beautiful stuff. And via her, she roped in a guy by the name of Nick Job, who yes. runs Our, Our Lady's, Lady's Armory. Armory. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and he he and his wife uh, a few years ago moved to Cincinnati, and uh, and so they're friends now. And it's yeah, the 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 Catholic community in North America, just say, is in a sense kind of I don't want to say small. It's it's sort of condensed. Yeah. Uh, I think we, ha- there's just so many connections as well. Great thing about, about the internet. You know, when I moved to Cincinnati, I was somewhat isolated because it was a new city, but also as a convert, I knew very few Catholics mm-hmm. and the ones that I knew I had, I had left because I, I moved from where I converted 
and came to Cincinnati. And uh, that uh, that online community of, of Catholics that I have, uh, tremendous help to me. Uh, just people that I, I know I can turn to, to for prayer and support and who, who care about their faith. And they're just their witness. They don't even know, I think, half the time, even though I tell them, they don't know what it what it has meant to me over the years to have their, their friendship. And uh, I've, I've seen similar, I'm on the outside, so I don't know the details. I've seen similar connections happen via Peter Square, people who seem to connect just there to begin with, and then that relationship flourishes and they, they do more together. I know Nick, Nick Job has met people and, and stayed at their homes and it's just that as a I don't know I that kind of community that spans that spans all this space mm-hmm. um, is so beautiful to me there's there is a lot of there are a lot of people a lot of good Catholic people in North America and the world just here who um, they want to be supportive they want to be in those in those relationships and it's it's connecting on some common ground to begin with mm-hmm. that is the jumping off point for those relationships. And so it's been really cool to watch Peter Square be that jumping off point for something that was never my intention, you know? And that's, and that's what we're all about on this, uh, in this particular pod podcast is, uh, is being buddies, you know, being friends, <laughs> supporting each other through, um, through this, uh, I don't want to say this journey, but it's kind of a journey. <laughs> yeah. This uh, adventure that we call um, life. We want to encourage each other in uh, in our relationship with Jesus. Um, we want to be friends for each other. That uh, we want to be able to see each other in heaven. That is the goal of a true friendship. Mm. You know, uh, Chris, yes. Julie, Mike, and myself. Um, the other three minus myself. They've been friends for a really long time. And then, uh, Mike forced me in there <laughs> when we started dating, but we have, we have a, we have a history and we've grown and we've changed. We've, we've gone through hardships together. We've, uh, had good times and hard times. And, uh, it's all about in being that, that community, you know, we need it and we need it so desperately as Catholics. And so often a lot of us find things to be a little bit more isolated, but then once you mm. know where to go, and uh um and where to find those communities it's life-changing you know yeah and uh and you're right the catholic community in a sense can be condensed if you know you know where to find it it's amazing when you friend uh, a catholic on facebook and it's like hey wait a second they know this person and this person and this person (laughs) and this person this is just phenomenal you know, like even even in one of my mom yeah. groups, it's just like, oh, hey, this person knows this person who we also know over here. Hey, didn't we interview that person a couple weeks ago? <laughs> mm. You know, like uh, Chris knew um, Billy G from OK Catholics because of Franciscan. And several years ago, I had sent him a message without really knowing this. And, uh, you know, I had been like, hey, if you ever need some illustrations, let me know. I didn't know he was like a way better illustrator than I was because I was kind of a new. <laughs> so, uh, you know, sorry. <laughs> but then he messaged me like six years later on that same chat. And he was like, wait a second, that was you. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's just, it's just so great. It's just so great when, when you find that community and, uh, 
and you kind of nestle yourself in there and it's like, okay, guys, yeah. we're in it for the long haul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it is a really wonderful thing. And we, we all make friends in a variety of places and for a variety of reasons to find those connections. But it's those ones that we have with that have that, that are more rooted. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, you're, when you have people rooted in their faith and that's what, that's how they're coming together, they already have such a foundation. There's mm-hmm. a foundation for their friendship because, because of their faith. And, and it's a strong one. It's um, built on the same thing, the same person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and it's, uh, uh, my, I've just, you know, my own experience with that has, has couldn't have meant more, uh, these past years. And it's, it's a really, really beautiful thing. Uh, thank God for it every day. Encourage you to uh, to join the Facebook group that we have. It's called Be the Casserole. It's about being being that uh, that community. Seriously, it exists. You should you should join yeah. it. <laughs> it's, it's, it exists. I said yeah. the name, and I thought maybe after saying the name, you weren't sure if it really existed. No, it it exists. It's it's kind of a it's a it's an homage to a, a past episode, but it is all about building that. Uh, that community because yeah yeah we need it as catholics we can't forget it it's 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 so fundamentally important to who we are like you know there are hermits that go off and and do their life of prayer which is uh beneficial and fruitful and uh amazing for the church but especially us lay people we need our community and uh we need to be active in those communities if uh if somebody hasn't started it then uh Here's your sign. Do something about it. You know, be the one to start up the coffee Sunday. Be the one to, you know, help the, help the, um, help the business, businessmen get things organized. Help the mom who just had a new baby, you know, um, and, and help, and help the, uh, help support Joe down the street that has his home business. Mm. You know, there's something really, really, important and great about doing those things that will aid in in our community as catholics yeah and also bring people in yeah yeah i I do believe that there's you know it's i always think of that uh, i want to say it's in john uh gospel john christ says you know they'll know that you're mine by your love for each other mm-hmm. that's that's the visible sign that the outsiders recognize mm-hmm. that love for each other you know, we we have to live that that's it's got to be tangible it's got to be visible and you definitely supporting each other in our labors and our endeavors is a very very good way to do that yep well david thank you so much for uh for joining me on today's episode it uh it's been truly a pleasure thank you it has been for me too um so where can people where can people find peter square petersquare.com perfect and you guys have and there's a, a facebook page as well yeah there's a facebook page uh instagram account as well um <clears throat> you should pretty easily find those both the instagram handle is petersquare.com so the website minus the period 
and yeah, we we will. I, I've recruited Nick Job, and we will be ramping up our our social media presence in these coming months, and uh, we've got a lot of good stuff planned. Amazing. All right. Thank you again, and uh, check us out on the next episode. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. We hope you'll consider being a buddy and supporting Catholic businesses, especially this Advent and Christmas season. Are you a creator or crafter? Why not take a visit to Peter Square at petersquare.com and consider partnering with them? Once there, you'll find amazing support and a fun Catholic community filled with many others that are on a similar business journey, including Brooke herself. You can find her at Visual Litany. Friends, we would love to connect with you. Would you maybe throw us a message on Facebook or DM on Instagram at Theology of the Buddy and let us know you're out there and enjoying the podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at TradFriends or email us at TheologyofTheBuddy at gmail.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to awesome podcasts. Would you also please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes? We greatly appreciate it as it helps us to get noticed within the larger podcast community. Next week, Mike, Brooke, and I will be discussing the popular song, Mary, Did You Know? and taking a look at the dangers of speculative theology. Make sure you're subscribed so you can listen as soon as it's out. We'll save you a seat at the table. New episodes are released every Wednesday. So until then, stay tready.